Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for common sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Well, this is John Katsimatidis. I'm by my side, Rita Cosby, live in the studio. And we're the only bodies here. I mean, uh, we are. But, you know, a happy Thanksgiving, John. Happy and Thanksgiving, to Rita. everybody. What a great day. And you know what? To me, I'm so grateful. I love what we do every day to be on Cats and Cosby and to be with all of you. The That's- most powerful, we were talking about this morning, the most powerful radio station uh, with, with your, your iPhone. You can get us in 173 countries, 50 states. And now after dark on your regular radio, it probably in about 36 states all the way from uh, Davy Jones's locker, down in, <laughs> as, as Curtis would say it, all the way up to uh, Canada and Northern Europe. And by the way, uh, you forgot the solar system, which you always mention That's with Larry, Larry Kudlow. Larry Kudlow always says the solar system. You had a busy morning. You mentioned Curtis because I was listening to you and Curtis and Andrew Giuliani. You are a workaholic, John Katzimatidis. Well, uh, you know, uh, Frank Morano did between 6 and 7 o'clock this morning, and and Nome was here, and uh, uh, we also, Chad was here. And uh, in the studio, we had Andrew Giuliani, Curtis, myself, and uh, Chad. And uh, we did it all the way up to about uh, 11, 11.30. Did you have some time for turkey and stuffing and some I got good home, stuff? I got home about 11.30, 11.40, actually 11.47. <laughs> I looked at my ra- watch. I wonder number. how I knew that. <laughs> And uh, we had uh, turkey about 1 o'clock. Awesome. Awesome. And I uh, went to sleep for one hour. You look well rested and you look ready to go, boy. And I'm ready to go. I boy, mean, is it a busy There's news so day. many things happening. I mean, where do you want to start? I mean, hey, those dumb people that took their hands and glued them to the streets. Sixth Avenue, John. How dumb do you have to be? You got to be are really they, dumb. Are they proving? Are they trying to prove how dumb they are? You know what they're trying to prove? That, that, you know, tell they're, me. I think they're trying to prove, John, what you and I have talked about, the fact that it's like they're serial protesters because these are the same ones who protest uh, against, you know, uh, the climate, you know, they say, okay, we, you know, climate change is the biggest problem in the world, more than Hamas and anything else. They're the ones who glue their hands and, to and the paintings. Says, okay, why don't we protest tomorrow? Yes, exactly. That's or, what I feel or, like. Or, or who's going to pay us to protest tomorrow? Well, that's why I am still curious, John. And in fact, this just broke a little bit ago that there are 500 German police that raided the properties of Hamas throughout the country of Germany. Go after the money. These are some of the wealthy homes that are outside of Gaza while their poor people are starving in Gaza. Well, guess what's happening? Uh, the ha- Hamas leaders are living high in the hog. I mean, Well, they have billions. Uh, don't forget, why did Bitcoin go from 17000 up to 37000 at the same time we're sending money over to the Ukraine, sending money over to Iran. Well, do you think that's all legitimate money? In other words, it's the uh, currency of choice. Is that what you're saying? Well, all the terrorists, the drug dealers, right. uh, the arms dealers, uh, the prime ministers that are stealing the money, uh, etc. Look, I'm not pointing my finger to any particular person. But those are the people that buy Bitcoin. Yeah, it and is I only crazy. Hope, you know, my hope is, Rita, 
that the FBI, deep down inside, is following the money. Yeah, they better be. I, I, I really hope that. Well, you know what? They have to start looking also in Gaza because I saw some pictures this morning, John, like living in these nice places. Meanwhile, the poor people of Gaza are, are dying for food, for fuel in the hospitals, and, and yet they're living high on the hog. That should say everything to the Palestinian people, that these people do not have their interests at heart. And I want the well, good Palestinian people to rise up against them. We said it the other day. I mean, it's important enough. I'm going to say it again. Uh, you, you know who, who's paying the money? When Saudi Arabia was going to make peace, and the Saudi Arabia Sunnis were going to make peace with Israel, the Iranians panicked. Panicked. Yes. Because they, they are uh, Shia. Shia. Yes. And then Shia, the four mullahs in Iran, paid 10,000 Hamasas. Approximately ten thousand dollars, which a piece. is a lot of money for them. Ten thousand dollars a piece, which means they can feed their family for five years. And here's the gun. Here's the ten thousand for your family. Go out and kill Israelis. And boy, did they ever! So, so those four, those four, the the Bin Ladens of twenty twenty three, and they, and who's suffering? The, the Palestinians of Gaza, the Israelis. The Persians, that are, the great majority of the Persians are very peaceful people. Well, and there was a moment, John. And where did the money come from, Rita? Well, you know, well, U.S., sadly, Biden oil. increased the price of oil from right. $50 to $100, all we did is make Russia rich. All we did is make Iranian rich. God bless. I mean, this is stupid. I am rolling my eyes, John, because it disgusts me. It is such an easy thing to do right now, John, to say, let's enforce the sanctions that are on the books. They're not even doing that. And yes, we are funding it by allowing that to happen. And you mentioned $2 billion a week, John. That's an enormous amount of money. They, 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 they're, they're the ones spending the money on the terrorists. Yeah, it's disgusting. I mean, we got a new terrorist group out of Yemen, uh, Yemen is it? Yep, and we have Bill Parker coming up later in the show to talk about they actually fired on a U.S. ship. Luckily, the U.S. ship shot and, it down. And they took an Israeli uh, ship uh, prisoner? Yep, cargo ship with about 25 people. What a okay, mess. All right, 25 more hostages. Okay. Well, that's what I worry about, John. That's exactly why well, I worry about this hostage money, release. Either they, they sell oil or uh, get, take more hostages. Well, that's why this is such a dangerous game, John, because I understand the Israelis. This is a stupid Look, game that uh, we're playing now in let Washington. Me, let me ask you, John, what do you think about this deal that looks like it's going to happen in a matter of hours, where there will be these hostage releases? They think there'll be about 13 in the first batch, maybe 10, then 10, 50 total, including some Americans. I think on one hand, obviously, it's great that the hostages are coming home. And I'll be so thrilled to see, especially the women and kids. I want all of them to come home. But we're playing a dangerous game, John, because, you know, it has basically also put a price on every American, every Israeli's head around the globe. And that is a dangerous situation to be in, John. I I agree with you 100 percent. And uh... I understand the judge is calling Exactly. We have Judge Richard Weinberg, who's joining us here on Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, Judge. Happy Thanksgiving to you, uh, Rita, to you, John, and to our wonderful audience. Tell me, tell me, Judge, how uh, uh, is it nice out in the Hamptons today? Uh, It's been a beautiful day. It's a little cool. I had a nice walk in the the country after uh, 
I get off the show. I'm having my Thanksgiving dinner with my with my family. I'm glad you had yours already. And Rita, I hope you're doing something special as well. Yep, I'm going to do something later. I, I'm saving up my appetite because I'm still on at ten o'clock. You know, so so uh, it's an action packed day, Judge. Too. Well, I tell you what, what troubled me. I just saw, and we discussed it earlier in the day, these accusations against uh, Mayor Adams going back to 1993. 1993. So what you have here is you have an attack against someone from ancient times. 30 years ago. 30 years ago. And the question becomes, where's the fairness? Where's the due process to the accused, Mayor Adams? How is he supposed to defend himself? He doesn't know anything about this. Where's the contemporaneous records of any complaints made? What the newspapers do, Judge. You know what the newspapers do now? If you're on the front page of one of the newspapers, whether it's the New York Times or whatever, you're guilty till you prove yourself innocent. Right. Well, I mean, a, that is horrible. It is horrible. And also, Judge, you know inversion. what? You know what? Don't you believe in coincidences? He's complaining about the border. Uh, he's going to the White House. Suddenly, they raid the office of his fundraiser. And now this. Surprise, surprise. In this country, you're entitled to a presumption of innocence and this nonsense that the accuser has to be believed. The accuser doesn't have to be believed any more than any other witness or any other complainant. They have to be judged on, on their own credibility. And this is fundamentally un, unfair. But look what they did to Justice Kavanaugh. He had a woman who claimed that she was sexually uh, attacked at a party. Nobody saw her at the party. The date she said the party never occurred. It, it was absolutely and the lawyer, totally discredited. The lawyer from the Democratic National Committee went to jail. What does that tell you? It's the whole thing was it was a setup against just Judge Kavanaugh, not Justice Kavanaugh. You have to be very wary of this because this is the rule, Rita and John. Anyone can be accused of this kind of conduct at any time. There's no one who's immune from this kind of conduct. And then you have to rush to judgment that somehow just because it hit the paper or it's on radio or television, they must be guilty. And that's absolutely wrong. And you know, Judge, too, Judge, you look at the, the timing here, too. I mean, this is when he was at the NYPD, which he was for many years. So let's see if there's anything to it. I'm obviously, you know, let's see what the facts are. But it just seems the timing is so suspicious. That's why that's why I'm saying to you, if there is anything to it, you would think there would be some record or whatever. And to suddenly come out 30 years later, it just seems it seems. And and I say this as a woman, guys, I'm obviously a big supporter. If somebody was sexually assaulted, they should come forward. But to come 30 years later and he's been a high public figure, it's not like he's been under a rock for all these years. This seems just it seems just it seems trickery. It seems very it's questionable an easy way to make money for some people who are unscrupulous. And it's a good way for a political enemy to try to hurt you and try to take you down. Yep. Unbelievable what's going on today. And and uh, look, we, we, we got a case where uh, uh, we have a cashier accusing a store manager. And the store manager was uh, with us for, uh, well, I think, 20 years, never had any charges against him. And so who's worried against who? Yeah, it gets really, and especially these delayed things, and the time he's, he's got one of these uh, lawyers, one of these lawyers that's uh, an ambulance-chasing lawyer, and, uh, uh, oh, let's settle for 75000 
Well, this particular part-time cashier makes 15000 a year. You're going to give a five-year salary? Give me a break. Yeah, and this woman is asking, by the way, in this case, I don't know what she was making, but she was a city employee, and she's asking for $5 million here, John. Uh, so, I mean, you know, it, it seems... And he says he's never, he doesn't even know who the person is. He said, I don't recall ever meeting this person. He says, uh, I don't remember her. Well, I don't know if we've ever met. the proof has to be on her. Absolutely, especially when it's 30 years later. Absolutely. What newspaper what? published it? All of them? I, I believe a lot of them. I'm trying to think who originally, I think it was Messenger I saw, who originally. I saw, originally. I saw originally in the Post. I think I saw it in the. Uh, in cranes or, or national review yeah it was in a whole bunch of papers exactly yeah, of course. um judge if you can know, um stick with us if you could um because we're going to bring well, in now as we're moving to uh talking about the what we call the loonies that were disrupting the macy's thanksgiving day parade today gluing themselves to sixth avenue these anti-israeli protesters uh we're going to bring in shahar azani uh shahar is the former spokesman of the consulate from israel in new york uh, Shahar, it's really great to have you. Thank you for joining me and John Katsimatidis. Also, we have Judge Richard Weinberg. And happy Thanksgiving, Shahar. Thank you, and to everyone as well. And always a pleasure to be with all of you. Happy, happy Thanksgiving. Let's remember it's Thanksgiving today. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you Do you know, celebrate Thanksgiving in uh, Israel? Well, I'm I'm in New York, but um, Thanksgiving is one of the most beautiful traditions where it's extremely foundational also to the Jewish faith to pause for a minute and give thanks to everything that's around us. And it's very important to do so. So no wonder it's one of our favorite holidays here in the U.S. Well, and by the way, speaking of Thanksgiving, um, we are praying that some of these hostages get out. As you know, Shahar, they were supposed to, it was supposed to start today. We're hearing now it looks like it's going to happen in just a few hours. This is huge news. Tell us what you know. We're hearing 13 in the first batch, including maybe some Americans. So let's first uh, remember that who, who or shall I say what we're dealing with. So until things actually happen, everything is still up in the air. Hamas is a barbaric organization that has never, ever met their word. We remember vividly in 2014 during Operation Protective Edge when there was a similar agreement for a cessation of what they call hostilities between Israel and barbaric Hamas. And um, an hour into the ceasefire, after the ceasefire was announced, uh, one of their, um, a group of their people infiltrated again. Israel attacked IDF soldiers, killed Lieutenant Hadar Golden of blessed memory. And by the way, they're still holding his remains to prevent his family from burial. Imagine the level of cruelty and dehumanization that exists within the ranks of this vile organization. So until things actually happen, we need to wait and see what exactly is it that they're going to do. People in Israel are extremely wary. But, of course, we, we, we look forward to having our women, our children back, our men. Um, according to the agreement, there are supposed to overall um, 50 women and children are supposed to be released in the course of four days, around 10 a day. The first day should include 13. In exchange, Israel will release 150 prisoners, mainly, um, you know, teenagers and women who have not been convicted of murder, but all of them have been convicted for um, attacks and attempted murder of Jews. Um, And in addition, there was an agreement that if Hamas will release more hostages, 
then again, for every 10 hostages they release, they will receive a day of ceasefire plus three Palestinian prisoners per hostage. And this is the, um, what's supposed to happen. In addition, there is a very important clause that Israel insisted on, that the Red Cross, the defunct organization that has been completely irrelevant in the last conflict, will visit the hostages, check up on them, and provide them with, with um, any kind of medical need that they have. Now, Hamas will probably try to avoid that, um, that commitment. It remains to be seen what's going to happen, and also remains to be seen what Israel's response is going to be as a result. Yeah, that's a big deal. If they can actually uh, get a chance to see the hostages, all of them, that would be a big deal. John? Well, we were talking about uh, before uh, on WABC that there's a bin Laden type in Iran that are making all these payments to Hamas. I mean, what, uh, why don't we declare them the terrorists? Because they're the ones making the payments. Well, we, we know that um, Hamas, Hezbollah, the Houthis in Yemen and others are all tentacles of the, what, we, what we call the head of the snake in Tehran. I completely agree with you that the world can no longer look the other way. Hamas, uh, uh, Iran is a serious source of instability, by the way, not just in the region. We need to remember that Hezbollah, which is a Hamas, uh, an Iran proxy, is very active in South America, takes part in the drug trade, and it's all part of the attempt to weaken the United States of America and fight its influence in the Middle East. In general, the battle between Israel and Hamas needs to be viewed in the greater prism of the attempt that comes from other forces to weaken Israel, the United States, and the moderate Sunni regimes in the Middle East. And Iran will have to be taken care of, not just on the nuclear level. We can't look the other way anymore. You know, just yesterday, they executed another 21-year-old Iranian who only desired more freedom for himself without even telling his family what they're doing to their own people, not just the people all around the Middle East, not just to the innocent Israelis who were massacred, raped, and tortured on October 7th, not just the innocent Lebanese, not just the millions of Yemeni under the arm of the Houthis. It's absolutely abominable. And it's time that the world take a stand against the Iranian uh, regime. 100%. It is, it is the, uh, I, I call them the bin Ladens of 2023, and something has to – look, when we got rid of bin Laden, we had 10 years of peace. Yeah, the problem is, John, now we have these young people on TikTok praising bin Laden. I mean, you can't make it up. Where is the moral no. compass? Where is but the moral compass? Tell you, it just goes to tell you who these people are, just like the people today, the loonies, who disrespected the American tradition of Thanksgiving. And it's not just a disrespect of the tradition. It's also the reason that they chose to do so. Supporting Hamas's activities. I mean, pause for a minute. Think about the horrible atrocities. And I have seen the unedited 47-minute video. I have seen it, and it flattened me. It's the most cruel deeds that anybody could see on the level of lowest moral human depravity that anybody could witness. To stand and support that is absolutely unfathomable. And it connects exactly to the sentiment that's not just anti-Israeli. It's also anti-American. Exactly, you know, exactly, Shahar. Yep, and for them to do it on Thanksgiving, I just think it's disgusting. Block the traffic. They had to be, like, unpeeled off the streets. Shahar, we're so thankful to have you here. Shahar Azani, the former spokesman 
for the Israeli consulate in Thank New you. York. We so appreciate it, Char. And, th- and happy Thanksgiving. Let's pray those hostages get out very soon Amen. in a matter of hours. I can't wait to see our women and children. Thank you, and happy Thanksgiving to everyone. A Thank beautiful you. U.S. tradition. Be proud of it. We are. Thank you, Thank Char. You. Thank Let's, you so much. Let's take a hard break, and when we we'll be back, we got more things to talk about. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Cats and Cosby on this very busy news day. Uh, boy, is it a busy time right now. And you're looking at everything happening in the world and including also another U.S. ship was fired upon by an uh, uh, an Iranian proxy group, the Houthis, that's in Yemen. It's like the U.S., all these bases are getting hit at, and now again, another U.S. ship. This one was the USS Thomas Hudner, and uh, they intercepted a couple drones uh, that were being fired on them by these rebels, again, all part of Iranian proxy groups. And joining us now is Dr. Bill Parker, retired senior U.S. naval officer who commanded three warships. First off, uh, Dr. Parker, happy Thanksgiving from uh, Katz and Cosby. Well, thank you very much, and a happy Thanksgiving to you as well. What do you make of the fact that all these groups um, and they're supposed to be doing this ceasefire with this hostage release at any moment, which would be great news, especially for Thanksgiving. But all these Iranian groups, uh, you know, supported groups, and John's talking about sort of these bin Ladens, they're funding all these terrorists around the world. Now they're firing on another U.S. naval ship. What do we do? Well, remember, we left uh, tens of billions of dollars of equipment uh, and a lot of very well-trained people in Afghanistan, our, our southern borders are uh, – our poorest right now, 8 to 10 million unknown coming into our country. Um, look, we have to defend ourselves. These uh, Navy ships are doing a good job doing that. Uh, but the bad guys only have to get it right once, and we have to get it right every time. So in addition to defending the ship and the individuals, if they go ashore, you also have to defend, and they are working to defend those um, ashore in uh, Israel right now as these missiles are being fired or these uh, unmanned vehicles are being fired in that direction. Yeah. So what what do we do? At what point do we say enough? I mean, so far they've hit our U.S. bases. They've said over 60 times. And the best we've done, uh, we hit, I think it's like two or three uh, terrorists, uh, low ranking folks, and I think two empty warehouses. Uh, I would say uh, they get a lot more points than we do in terms of the uh, strength of the attacks. Yeah, well, you, you've got to hit them and hit them hard on the, uh, on the on the first time to make it very clear that we're not going to put up with this. Um, at the same time, you don't want to get drug into Thucydides trap uh, where you have a rising power, as Graham Allison has said, uh, you get a, a rising power that pulls you into a war that you don't want to go into. And that rising power doesn't have to be one individual nation. It could be a, a collection of nations. It could be Iran and Russia or Iran and North Korea 
or Iran and their terrorist groups in North Korea, et cetera. So we have to balance those two of not being pulled into this Thucydides trap and at the same time uh, defending ourselves. And, and deterrence isn't working. Uh, deterrence isn't working because our, our, our military has gotten smaller over the years. We're no longer the largest Navy, as we've talked about. We have the oldest Air Force we've had. Um, we have very old aircraft, et cetera, now. So we, we need to go back and look at this hard and at the same time, we need to have a deterrence uh, a process that works. We have the capability to say we're not going to put up with it and have immediate strikes back uh, when we're hit. You know, I have a question, too, also for you, Dr. Parker, in terms of strategy with uh, the hostages that are about to be released. It's huge news. Um, obviously, we're thinking some Americans. There's a little girl, Abigail, who turns actually four tomorrow, who's expected to be among the hostages. Let's pray that all this happens. But what do you what what advantage does this give Hamas that they get these they get a one day pause uh, for about 10 hostages? They've agreed to at least in principle four or five days, but they still have another 200 more. Are they talking about another? What's going to happen when they say, OK, well, if you wait again, we're going to give you these two or we're going to give you these. Where does this end? How difficult is this going to put Israel in? You know, they're going to be parading these hostages and using them as bargaining chips even more than they do now when uh, when it gets to several more days of ceasefire. That that gives them such an advantage, uh, the terrorists. Well, absolutely gives them an advantage, and you're, and you're spot on there. It allows um, the uh, Hamas individuals and other terrorist organizations to not be set back on their heels but have a chance to regroup, reestablish themselves, move to other areas. At the same time, you look at the negotiating numbers, just like we spent uh, – billion per per, I'm sorry, 8.2 million per person uh, when we got the hostages out of um, out of Iran before. Now we're talking about a a swap where Hamas releases 50 and Israel releases 150. And oh, by the way, during that time, there will be a delay, as you mentioned, in in uh, in forces uh, hitting those targets that need to be hit. So uh, I don't think this is actually the strongest negotiation uh, process. That said, it's wonderful news if you can get um, some some good people out of the area. And I would say it's good news on, on both sides if you can get people released that are that were just caught up in this as opposed to actual combatants. Yeah, absolutely. One hundred percent. Tears in my eyes when when we see that moment and hopefully we see it in a matter of hours. Uh, Judge Weinberg, I understand you have a question. Right. I'm very concerned, Dr. Parker. Some of the people that I've read about from the other side are going to be released. Uh, there weren't actual murders, but there was one uh, young girl who was a potential suicide bomb wearer. Another one uh, attempted murder against an IDF soldier. So you have these young people who've been indoctrinated by Hamas and this terrorist uh, ethos. And you have this situation where they're letting them out again. And the lesson when they let out a thousand Palestinians for one Israeli soldier. He came out, and he was one of the architects of this October seventh horrible day of destruction. So, I think this exchange of of hostages is very, very troubling because it seems to me it vindicates Hamas strategy. What say you, Judge? I think you're spot on. I, I think when you look back at the negotiation that happened, uh, you know, six, seven years ago. Uh, with um, uh, in, in Afghan with the Taliban, et cetera, and you looked at the exchange, they got high-end criminals and terrorists, and we got back a few people 
Uh, every one of those people were important, of course, but the exchange was not even. Uh, the same thing is happening here, and these are, in some cases, very hardened terrorists or criminals. Why are you releasing them um, is, is, a, is a big question. And nobody's really talking about the Houthi rebels. They're not talking about the fact that, hey, this organization is growing. They recently flew an F-5 aircraft, a MiG-29, over top of, um, of a parade. Uh, they have uh, very recently used the Helo-Born Special Forces and taken over the Galaxy, which was a, uh, a vessel that's operated by the Japanese and owned by an Israeli um, uh, wealthy man. And, and so when you're looking at the increase in capability here, uh, it's, it's very concerning. And again, it all gets back to deterrence. Um, why is it that these countries feel emboldened? And I believe they feel emboldened because they look at Ukraine and they look at what happened there. They look at Afghanistan. They look at what happened there. And now they're looking at Syria, Lebanon, um, this issue in, um, in uh, Israel with Hamas, et cetera. They're looking at what's not happening with the Houthi rebels and going, okay, it looks like it's, uh, it's open season on the United States right now, and they're not going to do a whole lot to you if you schwack their bases, et cetera. Yeah. You know, and also, you know, what I think about uh, uh, Dr. Parker, and of course, he is the CEO of Parker Maritime Technologies, also a former U.S. Naval officer. I think about how different it was under Trump. Uh, Trump, when they went after him, remember, it was that U.S. contractor who was killed. He sent a missile to Soleimani. Uh, you know, the head of the Iranian Revolutionary Guard. He sure got the message. Yeah, Salamani didn't do that again. Yeah, he wasn't around to do that for sure. And boy, did it send yeah, a message. I, they knew exactly where he was, you know? Sure. Just go back. I mean, I just did a piece on the uh, on the loss of uh, uh, Rosalind Carter. Uh, and my heart's out to that family. And, of course, uh, President Carter as well. Um, and and, and they're, they're good people that have done some good things. Uh, for this country and for this world. But when you look at the exchange of what happened when Carter left and how the Iranians responded when Reagan came in, you have to have something like that happening here soon or else we're going to continue to see these kinds of strikes against the United States. And I, um, I fear that it will elevate. And we don't know how many Hamas and others are in this country now from uh, uh, the poorest borders that we have. Yeah, absolutely. You know, John, one of my favorite uh, Trump moments was when uh, he was dealing with the Taliban leader and the Taliban leader was talking about doing something. And he says, you know what? Uh, let me show you a picture. And he shows him a picture and it was of the Taliban leader's home. And he said, suddenly the Taliban leader kind of backed off. It was like, uh-oh, he knows where I yeah, live. Yeah, something happens, uh, that home with your family in it, in it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, it's a little bit. And suddenly they, uh, he got his way, uh, President Trump. This, that's how these people understand. It's uh, peace through strength. Uh, Dr. Parker, we thank you so much for being here on Thanksgiving. We really, really appreciate you all through the year and, and give thanks to you and your family on this day. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you very though. much. Thank you. And to you, too. And it's always a pleasure. Thanks for what you're doing on your show. Thank you. Thank you. And you guys, we have a lot more ahead on Katz and Cosby. Uh, you're never going to believe uh, the memo that Mallorca sent the border agents. That and also, I don't know why we're bigging, building a big jail. We don't put anybody in it. <laughs> <laughs> in Chinatown, what are they building, a 30-story jail? Yeah, can you believe I it? I mean, we don't have any money to pay our bills in New York City, and we're building a 30-story jail when you have all of Rikers Island? We're going to talk about How that. How dumb is this? <laughs> dumb, dumb, dumb.
your commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and Matidis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Cats and Cosby on this Thanksgiving Day edition. And everything's costing more. So, John, I can't figure out why are we spending so much money to build what is supposed to be the tallest jail in the world in Chinatown, New York? We want to give the criminals better views? <laughs> they could have gotten Rikers. I, I That's mean, a nice view. Is, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. We're tearing down... Rikers Island to to give luxury high rises to the criminals. It's insane. Uh, Judge Richard Weinberg, can you believe that we and if you look at the diagram, John, at first I thought this looks like, you know, like this ultra luxurious, whatever. What are they doing? And I'm like, wait, this is a jail in Chinatown. You've suggested, you know, open Rikers. Judge Weinberg, what do you think? This is what a waste of money. I, I think it's the worst. I, it's the worst idea for a lot of reasons. Number one, you're destabilizing. Remember, it's not just the Chinatown jail. It's uh, three other boroughs. It's four of the five boroughs that you're going to have these jails. So you disrupt stable communities, and you bring in bad people into, into good neighborhoods. That's number one. Number two, you can provide all kinds of integrated services on Rikers, whether it's mental health, whether it's drug addiction, whether it's job training, whether it's education, in one facility where you can keep your eye on them and give them integrated services. We don't have the money now. It's going to cost you a lot of money. First of all, it starts off by being capital dollars, but then you have to have other dollars, expense dollars, to pay the debt treatment. And we're in serious trouble, as you and John know, with respect to the city's budget. So we don't have money to waste. We should be spending it more intelligently and more efficiently. It's a bad idea. They should clean up Rikers and use Rikers. And, you know, my issue with it, guys, is that not just is it outrageous with the pricing, who's going to be in it? It doesn't seem like anybody gets locked yeah, up in New York. Nobody gets locked up, but right. who's going to be in it? Right, Judge. I mean, how are they going to fill it? I mean, right now well, it's we a revolving were, door. When, when I was at City Hall, we had over 20,000 inmates at uh, Rikers. Now you have about 3,300. 3, I, I think uh, the last time we had the... Uh, uh, the uh, custodian there, or whatever his title is. The, the corrections Yeah, the corrections, corrections yes, yep. I think he says they had about uh, 6,000. Which means there's still plenty of space there, as you've talked yeah, about, John. And if the buildings are bad. And there's room John for knows, all the, uh, the migrants. migrants. Yep. That's right. There's Why are we going broke? Writers. Why are we going broke? Why don't, you know, and, and put the migrants there. What obligation do we have to them? We have, we have an obligation for the poor in our city. We have an obligation to our vets. We don't have an obligation to the migrants that decided to come over the border. Yeah, $12 billion well, is the price the tag, thing, Judge. That's outrageous. first thing you have to do is you have to recognize the, the clear legal fact that there's no such thing as a sanctuary city or a sanctuary state. You have no obligation to give these people housing or anything. And the Biden administration should close the border. Because this is going to be a never-ending cycle of more and more people come. You keep supporting them, they will well, come. 
Well, what did what did the uh, border uh, czar, the Homeland Security guy say? Today? Oh my goodness, this is shocking, Judge. You know, here's our wide open southern border. We've had more than a Drugs million gunaways, right? terrorists coming in. Get the- what, what 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 does the uh, Homeland Security director say? Get this. He puts out a memo. This is Mayorkas, and says that he wants border agents to be sure not to misgender the illegal migrants that are coming in. Can you imagine this? Of all the issues going on, uh, it's a wide open southern border, heightened security threats like there's never been. We even heard it from the FBI director. And our Homeland Security Secretary is worried if we say, uh, sir or she or and in fact, even gives guidance. You're going to love this. Basically says here. Here it is. You, You ready for this? Here's the test. Do not ask. What are you? Avoid asking what is your sex. Do not use him, her, she. Uh, as you're chasing is after he, Is someone. he for real? Yes. Is he for real? <laughs> we got people dying. We got terrorists coming in. We got drugs coming in. And, and he's worried about putting out a memo like that? It's disgusting. Judge Weinberg, can you believe gentleman. this? It's the same gentleman who said in testimony before Congress that the border was secure. Yeah, this, uh, yeah, clearly, with a straight face, by the way, no less. With a straight face. On numerous face. occasions. But on numerous th- occasions. How many millions have come through? Well, he's been up there time after time testifying our border is secure. Our border is totally insecure. And you know what it says also? It shows, first of all, where their priorities are. Where is the memo that says, close the border? Where is the memo? And in fact, you know what? I, I This week, I couldn't believe it. Here was Joe Biden. And he's speaking about fentanyl, which I was happy to hear because he normally doesn't even talk about fentanyl. Talks about how it's the worst, you know, the biggest killer, as we all know, sadly, for 18 to 45 years old. All right. 100 Americans killed every year. And what does he say right after it? Well, we have to make sure that they don't overdose. He doesn't make a single reference to the open border. It's just seal the border. It's 100,000, Reed, more than 100,000. And it's coming in through the southern border, and there's a, an arrangement between China and the Mexican cartels. So they really have waged a war against us through this infiltration of our border, and we should be taking it seriously. Yeah. By the way, I I saw this. Uh, I have to get your reaction, guys, on this. Uh, it came out to uh, just, uh, it was about a day ago, the most dangerous countries in the world list. All right? Uh, America's 131 just behind South Africa and Haiti, which has some of the worst crime in the world. I mean, what does that say to you about, you know, it's like the world's looking at us. And no wonder when China goes and meets with us, they say, oh, you know, don't talk with us about uh, your problems with the borders. You fix your own. You know, they're, they're laughing at us. I mean, this is terrible. They are laughing. The world is laughing at us. I mean, it's just uh, things are out of control. There's no controls over who's coming, who's going. You can't make it up. Uh, Well, when we come back, guys, we're going to talk about the price of turkey and also the price of oil and some new details on January 6th. That and a lot more on Cats and Cosby on the special Thanksgiving Day edition. A lot of news happening. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC.
And we are back here on Cats and Cosby on this special busy Thanksgiving Day edition. And John and Judge Weinberg, I couldn't believe this. I saw it today, this tweet. It comes out from President Biden. Here it is, folks. No matter where you're headed this holiday season, you'll be heading there for less. Gas prices are down 170 from their peak. And he's boasting, John, about dropping the prices. Uh, what do you make of this, John? This is a big con game. 2024 is an election year. So what are they going to do? They're going to make sure the price of gasoline comes down. So they, they could say that Bidenomics works. Uh, and if it really worked, I, I'd be all for it. Yeah, because you want what's best for the country. I want what's best for the country. So the, And the other thing is uh, UBS last week said that uh, interest rates may come down uh, 275 basis points. So if interest rates come down and the price of a 30-year mortgage comes down and, and, and the price of gasoline comes down, well— President Biden could stand up and say, Bidenomics works. And you know who, and you know who they are being, uh, what's the right word? Conned. Conned. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you know, they, you know what racism is? Another form of racism? Taking people that don't really understand the economy and conning them. That's racism. Well, and you think, obviously, a lot of this, John, from your experience, you believe this is all election politics because look at the pain. And and what's interesting, okay, Thanksgiving, you could say it's it's down. I'm looking at the numbers here, 4.5% compared to last year. But guess what? Compared to 2019, it's up 25%, you know. Well, there's other things happening in Europe. Uh, you read before that uh, the Germans uh, went out and raided... Yeah, what? a whole bunch of uh, Hamas 500 properties. properties. Well, no, five hundred officers raided a whole bunch of properties in Germany. They're finally trying to crack down on some of the Hamas leadership. And I'm trying to understand today the central bank, uh, of <coughs> central bank <coughs> of Turkey, right, raised interest rates five percent. Why do you think that is? That's an interesting. The timing of all of that is an interesting point. Because with everything, you know, as you're looking at what's happening in Europe, you're looking at what's happening in Turkey. Um, what do you make of that? And now seeing what's happening in the States, how do you view that, John? Uh, it is hard to, to, to do it. But I still want to have dollars instead of euros. I still want to have dollars instead of yen. I still want to have dollars ex- instead of Chinese money. Yeah. So the world still trusts the dollar. Uh, I think they trust the pound. Do they trust this president? Well, (laughs) you know something? The good news is uh, they trust the fact that it was only 13 months to go or or 12 months to go to the next election. Yeah, that's a long time, uh, though. It's a long time, uh, but the stock market and the financial markets always look forward. And they they say that, all right, let's suffer for 12 more uh, Months and then maybe things will change. Well, and also I think your point is spot on, John, that with elections, people have obviously, look, the polls right here, I'm looking at a poll. It says 84% say Bidenomics is hurting them. So there are polls that show it. But if they can turn it around in the months leading up to the election, 
maybe they'll say, like you said, they turned it around. Um, before uh, we go, I got I want to hear your thoughts also about January 6th, uh, because there's all that well, new footage that came and, out. Uh, Congressman King have been arguing uh, that there's more than we know. And I think there is more than we know. Uh, President Trump, I don't think, intentionally tried to incite anybody. Uh, I don't think uh, he offered uh, uh, Speaker Pelosi 10,000 people uh, or uh, uh, National Guardsmen or whatever. If, if, if she needs it, she turned it down. And there's a long story about who opened up those gates. And, and I think there's a lot of information to be, to be had. Why, why I, are they not? Go ahead, John, Judge Weinberg. Go ahead. John and Rita. This is the problem. They had this January 6th committee was packed with people who had a predetermined narrative. That's number one. Number two, it was packed with people who had a narrative who shaped the film, the literal film that came out. The staff selectively cherry-picked the film that came out. Now, thanks to Speaker Johnson, you're going to get the whole package. So I say look at everything before you rush to judgment. Yeah, I agree. And and you see some of the footage there where they're just walking through. There's There are a couple people specifically in like one frame that I'm thinking of. It was like a couple seconds long where you see them walking down the hallway. The cops are hanging out. They're waving to them. Uh, they're just kind of glancing by. Some of those people are still rotting in prison, Judge. I mean, you know, you that look at... That is wrong. You know yeah, something? Yeah, that the, is wrong. The double standards me, is the problem. I agree, John. You, let me point out to both of you. Look how they treated the January 6th people with a dragnet, with a lot of people being swept up. What do they do with the BLM rioters and the Antifa rioters? And the, now you have the pro-Hamas rioters. What are they doing about that? Yeah. That's at, selective prosecution. Right, right. And, and at that, remember at the Democratic National Committee, where they had all the guys storming the doors there recently, and they were banging, they were punching the cops. They were beating the cops and punching the cops. One person gets arrested, John. I mean, you can't make it up. But for some reason on January 6th, if you sneezed and you were in D.C., you got arrested. I mean, Judge, that is not fair justice. That's not equal justice. No, there's a real concern about how this administration has used their powers of uh, law enforcement and the judiciary prosecution function to go after their political enemies. The very thing that they accuse Trump of doing, that's what, in fact, they've been doing. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? Wait, listen, people are so passionate but about it. I think it. it was stupid of Trump to say the other day, did, did, did Trump say the other day that he was going to go after Bill Barr and other people? He, he said that when he comes in, they're going to look into it, but people are reading it like his whole mission is a vendetta. I mean, he did say on the campaign, what was it, a couple months ago, I am your retribution. But he clean, He says, I'm going to clean house. I'm going to go after people that or at least eliminate people, you know, from the position. Well, I think you, you have to straighten out the Department of Justice uh, because right now it looks like uh, it's – it's not going the way it should go. Yeah, there seems like there's a lot of politicians in there, and there shouldn't be. Yes. You know, I don't it you agree? Be the, law, the rule of law should be the rule of law. Judge Weinberg, what do you think? And also, you know, I think about also as we're talking about what's been going on with Israel and Hamas, there's all these sort of Iranian sympathizers that are still, what, in DOD and State Department, Judge? Well, listen, that, 
we've talked about this before. I'm terribly concerned about having Iranian stooges and agents in the State Department and Defense Department. That has to be cleaned up. The guy, Mali, who did the negotiations for the first Iran deal, which gave a pass to, uh, to Iran to legitimize their effort to get a nuclear weapon and give them all that money, he's totally integrated with the Iranian regime. A senior advisor, this woman at DOD, Department of Defense, totally integrated with the Iranian regime. Why aren't these people being investigated? They're jeopardizing the security of our country. Let me. What should happen to these people? And we call them the loonies that uh, glued themselves to Sixth Avenue. I mean, Judge. you really have to be <laughs> stupid, yeah, to glue yourself to the, the street. I mean, that is really stupid. Wasn't there a guy recently who uh, glued himself? It was like in a baseball game. Remember, and he caused the delay of a baseball game. I mean, how rude is that? Look, they have no respect for the culture and the tradition, the values of our country, and that's where the danger is coming from. You have a whole group of people who think that they can change the world in their own way, and that's wrong. This is a great country. We should be deeply grateful, especially today, for this great country that we have. Yeah, that's a great point. And boy, do we have to be grateful to this beautiful country, to our military, our law enforcement. There are so many things, uh, our family and friends. Um, thank you, Judge, by the way, for joining us also thank on this you. Thanksgiving. Enjoy the Hamptons. Uh, get some fresh air out there. Don't forget, when you breathe in that ocean air, I certify you're going to live 10 years longer. <laughs> I heard a commercial like that. Yep. I think there's a commercial out there. Well, what do we stand for? Truth, Truth justice, and the American way. American Thank way. you for listening today to our audience, and happy Thanksgiving.